One of my oldest friends is the sort of person who's constantly turning his troubles over to God. Whatever he's most worried about today, it's going to get turned over to God. His career discernment, his concerns over whether he's getting burned out, his relationship with his mother, his feelings of inadequacy about his work, it all gets turned over to God over and over. And that's the problem. His problem isn't his willingness to go to the Lord with his concerns. It's in his insistence on taking them back again. It's a basic commitment problem. In our gospel today, we hear from two young people who want to follow Jesus. They're almost ready. The first one even approaches Jesus and states his readiness to follow wherever Jesus goes. There's just one little thing to do first. Just one obligation at home that he has to look after. Gotta go bury my father. And the answer that Jesus makes sounds pretty harsh. Let the dead bury their dead. But Jesus knows what's really going on. This guy isn't ready at all. He's got these huge emotional Louis Vuittons that he's carrying around. And he won't let go. Burying the dead is one of the corporal works of mercy. And looking after one's family responsibilities is a moral obligation of the first order. But this personal invitation from Jesus to become a disciple and to proclaim God's reign is something that only comes rarely, maybe once in a lifetime for this person. A choice is required, and this guy wants to have it both ways. He's ready to turn everything over and become a disciple, but there's a condition. He has to make a commitment, but he can't let go of the past, and Jesus can't do that for him. There is a wonderful old movie that some of you may have seen called Romancing the Stone, and it stars Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas, back when they were both young and so was I. And Kathleen Turner plays this timid romance novelist, and Michael Douglas is a roguish scoundrel who comes to her aid in the jungles of Columbia. She is trying to rescue her sister, who is in the grip of some Colombian drug lord, but she's completely out of her element in the jungle. And all of that changes when Michael Douglas's character takes her expensive suitcase and throws it over a cliff, literally getting rid of her baggage, and takes her $300 Italian shoes and chops off the heels with his machete. And freed from these symbols of her past that were literally weighing her down, she can, together with him, move forward on her mission to rescue her sister. It's a very cute movie, and if you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's streaming all over the place. But that scene came to mind when I was reading this morning's first reading. Elisha wants to follow the prophet Elijah. Oh, but first he has to say goodbye. 
And so Elijah says, have I done anything to you? I'm not keeping you here. I'm not making your decisions for you. You need to say goodbye, so say goodbye. Not only does he say goodbye, but he kills the oxen and burns the plows. Now, I don't know if you notice one little detail at the top of that reading, but it says he was plowing behind 12 yoke of oxen. A yoke is two, so he was literally plowing behind two dozen oxen which means that he was someone who was either personally or from, from a family of tremendous wealth. And so when he is finally ready to follow the prophet, he makes sure that there is no way for him to turn back. There is no possibility of going back to his life as a rich farmer. He has to move forward with Elijah or die at that point. He is making a commitment. Elijah wasn't going to compel Elisha to make that commitment because he knew it had to come from Elisha himself. And this is not coincidentally what St. Paul is writing to the Galatians about in our second reading. You have been called to live in freedom, but not a freedom that gives free reign to the flesh. We are free, but we are not free to have it both ways. We are not free to do whatever we want. We are free to choose, to make a commitment. And the problem is that we often hesitate. As St. Paul puts it, we take on ourselves, (coughs) excuse me, we take on ourselves the yoke of slavery a second time. We turn and we look back, and the plow starts to turn out of the nice straight rows. We turn it over to God, and then we take it back again. And this is why that old friend of mine never found any peace. He'd say he's turning things over to God, but within a few hours, he's taken them right back. To find peace, we need commitments. We need to know that some things are settled. There are some things we are going to do, and there are some things that we are not going to do. Our commitments are how we concretely discern who we are. To find peace within a relationship, you have to decide that you're not going to look around for something different or something better, that this is the one. To find peace with yourself, you have to decide, this is who I am. This is what I need. This is what I have to give. Knowing your own boundaries doesn't fence you in. It allows you to act effectively and responsibly. To try and be a disciple, a person of service, without knowing those boundaries, is a sure path to codependence, burnout, and resentment. Sometimes it takes a really radical response to answer those questions about who I am, what I need, and what I have to give. Elisha had to say that who he was was not a rich farmer anymore. Kathleen Turner's character in the jungles of Columbia 
had to be told that she didn't need that suitcase to rescue her sister. These potential disciples in the gospel had to come to the realization that saying goodbye would mean losing the opportunity that they were saying goodbye for. The freedom to make such a radical response to Christ's invitation can be pretty frightening. But with commitment comes peace. Everyone I've ever met who was truly at peace was someone who was committed to something and who knew what their own boundaries were. They weren't constrained by their choices, and they weren't filled with regrets, and their limitations weren't lived as inadequacies. An honest and radical commitment brings us freedom and it brings us peace. And those are the very things that for us should be the hallmarks of discipleship.